Hey to all you B-Scientists out there. You are listening to B-Scientist, a podcast by the Black Science Coalition and Institute, or B-Sci. First, thanks for listening to our podcast. Second, if you are listening to this episode, just know this episode was recorded pre-coronavirus. Third, some of the audio quality for this episode may be a little bit bad. So, if you prefer to skip ahead to some of our newest episodes, that would be 100% understandable. However, if you decide to listen to this episode or any other episode, when you hear this noise, that means we just dropped a source that you can look up in our show notes or on bside.org, the official website of Bside. Again, thanks for listening to B-Scientist and enjoy the show. Chapman, and we have Jana Carpenter, and we are the Black Science Coalition Institute, and this is our podcast, Be Scientist. Be Scientist is a podcast where we're going to try to bring you interesting topics that um, are going on in science, and we're going to try to bring you our experiences as African Americans. Um, currently, I am a PhD student at University of Georgia in anthropology. And I work full-time as a lab technician at the University of Georgia, and I'm now technically a graduate student hoping to pursue a chemistry master's. So yeah, I mean, the whole idea of this is that each week we try to bring you interesting and cool topics. So along that line, we're going to be trying to give you a source list with each episode we we're gonna figure that out by but hopefully by the time this airs or it's uploaded, we will have a way for people to go see our sources and what we're talking about as they come up. But yeah, Jenna, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I haven't really <laughs> come up with a topic, so I figured it'd be good that we talked about ourselves for the mm-hmm. first episode. Cool, cool. So maybe you should talk about how we both got into the sciences? Yeah, how did we get here? Well, how did you get here, Jenna? Uh, here in Athens, Georgia. <laughs> or just in general. Or just metaphorically. <laughs> um, well, I was born and raised in Savannah, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, two. <laughs> and uh, I actually never thought I would go into, like, academia i wanted to be a medical doctor mm-hmm. actually so i i strove to be a pre-med since like fifth grade right i was just pre-med all the way all the way my family was like yeah be a doctor be a doctor be a doctor since fifth grade really yeah yeah it was pretty intense i have my all of my family on my mother's side they're all from macon they all had very you know, humble beginnings, and they worked their butt off, and, you know, they all became very successful in mm. what they do, and they fostered this idea of working hard to get where you want to get, and so seeing them work super hard really encouraged me to work hard, and the hardest thing that I could think of the fifth grade was being a medical doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> So for the next, like, I don't know, seven years, I was just 
gung-ho medical doctor that's that was my destiny that's what i had to do to prove to my family that i was also a hard-working mac mm-hmm. but it wasn't until college <laughs> that i was like you know something <laughs> i'm actually not a people person <laughs> you know um super uh, shy super soft-spoken mm-hmm. but i did like chemistry because mm-hmm. it a science that takes a long time so you have to have an appreciation for patience and your result almost is never what you expect mm-hmm. and it's a lot of solitude and a lot of reading and a lot of thinking and analyzing and I was like you know something I actually kind of like doing this, this <laughs> not is a great. lot of people involved not in what you're saying people, not nice. a lot of people at all <laughs> yeah so cool. I switched gears and uh, changed my major from pre-med biology to strictly chemistry with a biology minor. Mm-hmm. But I was still playing flute mm-hmm. on the side because I'd also played flute in the fifth grade. So that was like my hobby. Mm-hmm. And graduated with a chemistry degree and now I work as a chemist full-time at the University of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And, um, hoping to get a master's paid for through the school and and then coming back to B-Sci always seemed like a great opportunity to like get really involved with people in my community who mm-hmm. know what it's like to be a person of color and not feel equal to those in their you know specified areas of science mm-hmm. not really understanding why there was that inequality so I think this is like a really important avenue for a lot of African American, you know, students coming up in this field mm-hmm. to know that they aren't alone. Mm-hmm. So, what about you? Yeah, I mean, how did I get here, right? So I'm from South Philly, two on a five. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I so I'm studying archaeology and geology, which. I really didn't get into until college. Um, when I was in fifth grade, the only thing I wanted to do was play for the Sixers. That's the only thing I ever thought about. I was like, I'm going to be a basketball player. Wow. But obviously, that was never going to happen. <laughs> uh, I'm sure a bunch of people will tell you why that would never happen, but I'm just going to sum it up for you and tell you that that was never going to happen. Oh, um, no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, Never say never. Yeah, well, I mean, never. (laughs) But uh, when I got to high school, as I started to realize that more, it's like, all right, I need to figure out what I'm going to do in my life. Um, I started picking up music. Um, The first instrument I picked up was uh, the drums. And I played the drums a lot in, like, junior and senior year of high school. And then I picked up guitar a little bit near the end. And then as I got to college, I probably had enough credits um, and music till like, I get a music minor. But at the same time, I was like, you know, music is fun, but I don't think I'm going to do anything with this as far as career goes. So I, I went to the Community College of Philadelphia for like two semesters, or like, you no, know, two years um, before I found out about anthropology. And then when I found out about anthropology, I was like, okay, I'm gonna be an anthropologist. Like, 
I am gonna figure this out. I'm gonna go travel a lot. I'm gonna meet new people. I'm gonna do archaeology. I'm gonna like find a bunch of new stuff. That's all I want to do now. And then I transferred to Penn State, uh, main campus. And in the first semester, like the first or second semester, I took a geology class, and I was like, okay. So I think I want to do geology now. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And then someone was like, oh, you could just double major. So I was like, well, if it's that easy, then I'll just double major. Boy, I mean, boy. sure, it wasn't that easy. I mean, I had to do a lot of work, but it seemed that easy at the time, you know. So it's like, I'm going to do it. And I, so I've been doing that since. And I'm pretty happy with my decision. went from thinking I'm going to be the next Dr. J to actually getting a doctor's degree. It's kind of crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> right. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so even though you didn't, you know, end up in, on the basketball squad, <laughs> what was it like going to, like, that transition from community college and doing your core work and going to Penn State? Like, did you live on campus? Like, what was that yeah. like? Was there a shift? There was a big shift. I'm sure a lot of people live in... In different places you go into big universities like have a transition period but at the same time like like living in Philly made it a little bit easier I think because like oh well you know just a bunch of people to like still a lot of people when dealing with a different situation so the biggest difference was just in being like being a far away from home and also like Penn State's in a like kind of a isolated area of Pennsylvania it's like in the middle of Pennsylvania there's not a lot happening to get to Philly takes three hours to get to Pittsburgh takes three hours and that's without traffic and then Harrisburg takes like an hour and a half so you're not really around the line that was weird uh. yeah and then so that was that was really weird um, and then just having to do all the academic stuff it was definitely a transition because like I said I had already done two years at community college so going into anthropology and then into geology, and I was trying to stay as far away from math classes as possible. So I had to go back into that, and that was a struggle sometimes. And then... For geology, I'm assuming. Yeah, I had to take pre-calc. Because didn't, we didn't have pre-calc in my high school. We had Algebra 1, 2, Geometry, and then they made us take college-level algebra which is weird because you already took algebra twice why do we need and it was it was a weird choice they yeah. and i actually took those pre-cop classes later on at that community college where they sent us to get that so it was like it was on the table for us to do the pre-cop classes at that it was, so it was weird i don't that's, know that's it's a very weird decision but anyway uh, so i had to do that stuff and that was weird because i because i was like convinced that i wasn't good at math and then in college i was like okay I'm not going to say I'm, I'm never going to be a mathematician, but I was making it worse in my head than what it actually was. And I was like, oh, okay, I can actually learn how to do math. So that was a big step. And it really surprised me when I took physics. I was like, I understand physics. Like, <laughs> how the hell did that happen? Yeah. So, yeah, I was surprising myself when I started doing that stuff. So it was... You mentioned you played the drums as a hobby. Mm -hmm. But I know you have another hobby. What's my other Philly. hobby? Oh, <laughs> oh, boxing. Yeah. <laughs> glass over that. Um, yeah, boxing definitely became a bigger part of my life as I came back from college. Because after college, I went back home, and then that's when I went and started boxing in Philly at Marion Anderson Recreation Center. Shout out to Mary Anderson. Um, 
And I say that because Khalil Small, our treasurer, is currently at Mary Anderson. He's one of the coaches. And uh, I know Kalia Chandler, shout out to Kalia, is also our engineering officer. And I think she did some stuff at Mary Anderson too. And one of our advisors, Chick, AKA George Hanson Jr. as a trainer there. And honestly, a lot of B-Sides started because of Mary Anderson. So yeah, like shout out to that entire prep center because without it, I don't know if B-Sides would be here right now. So. Yeah, so how did, that, how did that whole conversation come about? Oh man, uh, B-Sides. <laughs> so, or a collection of conversations. Yeah, it was. Me. I guess people don't know right now, but Jenna's are one of our newest <laughs> board members. Yeah, this is all very new to me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a good question. So after college, I moved back home to Philly, and I was like, kind of like in this weird spot where I was like, I, I didn't feel comfortable applying to graduate school yet because I kind of rushed through those last two to three years of college because I did, I was running out of money and I had already took two years worth of credits. So it was like I had less credits to work with. Mm-hmm. So I got home, I was like, I don't feel prepared. I need to go back and take some classes. So that's when I took calculus and physics. And in the same semester? Not in the same, I think okay. I took- Okay, good. Yeah, I think I took pre-calc. And I don't remember how it worked out actually. Yeah, I don't know, I just took them. And it kind of, some of it's a blur because it did happen really fast. <laughs> Yeah, so I went back home and did that. That took about a year and a half and some change because I had to actually figure out how to make money to do that going back home. So during that time, I was like, I felt disconnected from the sciences. I mean, I was still taking the classes, but I didn't feel like I had the same community since I had left Penn State to go back home to Philly. And being in a neighborhood where a lot of people didn't know about the sciences and what was going on in that was weird after being in it for so long. And then I felt kind of weird knowing all this stuff and like not giving back to people. So then almost in like the night, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start planning how to tackle this. So then that started happening. The first person I asked was Kalia Chandler, who I had known since fourth grade. And she agreed at Penn State, shout out to Teller Spencer, our secretary. we met through the McNair Scholars Program, and she's also an anthropologist. The McNair Scholars Program. Yeah, so we were both in part of that. She was the, like the second person I asked. She agreed. I asked Khalil a little bit later on because I wanted to ask him earlier, but at the same time, I, I didn't want to be like, just throw this at him like, oh, you want to do this thing? Because I kind of, I kind of felt like Teller and Khalil would be on board, but I wasn't sure about Khalil because he's got two kids. He's an accountant. He's got a lot, and he's coaching yeah. at a boxing. He's got a lot going on. I didn't want to just like throw another thing at him. Yeah, that's a busy man. Yeah, he's a busy man. <laughs> so I was like, all right, like let's let's think about this. But then like one day we got in Turkey. This is after Black Panther. See, I'm gonna put that out there. Like I had the idea about B side before Black Panther came out. Man, but representation. Then, really yeah, it does. But then Black Panther came out, and I was like, there's no way I can wait now. So. And me and Kilo were talking about Black Panther for like hours after it came out, like hours. Like we would just go into it. Like sometimes we weren't even boxed. We used to be sitting there talking for like <laughs> hours about Black Panther. And then I was like, yo, like he said a couple of things. And I was like, listen, man, like I could use your help doing this because we need an accountant and we need someone who is dedicated to making this work. And he was like, I'm, I'm there. And so we were ready after that. And then I asked you because 
we had a conversation in a lab one day. Um, I don't know if I mentioned earlier, but I also work at um, CAIS, which in a... Yes. Yeah. Center for Applied Isotope Studies at mm-hmm. the University of Georgia campus. Right. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, know. shout out to CAIS. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, we had a conversation in there one day, and you said a couple of things where I was like, okay... Jenna will also make a great because you mentioned before that you uh, tried to start a program like this. Yeah, I was trying to start a women's group on my campus at Young Harris College in North Georgia, and I was going to call it Women in Power. Shorthand would be like WHIP. It's <laughs> like you know, ha. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I'd gone to a really really small campus. Uh, Young Harris College only had about like 1,200 students mm-hmm. total um, and it was just a college there's no post-grad program anything like that so it was a really small campus um, and incredibly white mm-hmm. can I say that? I think that's fair I mean <laughs> it's not like I mean Penn State's a cool yeah. campus but it's also predominantly white so right. yeah. yeah so I would say I knew every black person on campus mm-hmm. which totaled out to be like I'll say 50 mm-hmm. 50 students so I'd had these interest group meetings about like hey this is what I'm trying to do I'm trying to empower women specifically uh, including women of color mm-hmm. and other marginalized groups and I had a lot of interest you know and it was a, a diverse group of interest mm-hmm. but when it came down to it organizing a board and organizing yeah. people who are you know dedicated like mm-hmm. the group that we have now mm-hmm. uh, was a little difficult especially right. in undergrad because the interest group was made up mostly of upperclassmen mm-hmm. and that wasn't really a sustainable yeah way to do it so that never really came to fruition but you know now that I'm out of school mm-hmm. and I have more time to be focused on things I am able to kind of put a lot more effort into into coming up with something mm-hmm. great especially with B-Side right so uh yeah B-Side's been good for that I mean I've tried to make it so that we can all kind of address those things because it is a lot to figure out how like it works to organize something like this and then also like me and Jenner are only two people in Georgia right now so we got to like communicate like back to Philly to talk to Khalil and Kalia and then Teller's in Michigan so it does get kind of hard <laughs> scheduling things sometimes yeah. but it's been um, it's been surprisingly and refreshingly like mm. really easy though. yeah because you know everyone is so dedicated mm. that you know while we're all still so busy we're right. able to still like come back to each other and like brainstorm with each other mm-hmm. so that's really nice yeah i mean that is it's nice like the internet makes it way easier honestly yeah. if the internet didn't exist we'd be in trouble but yeah. like yeah it, it makes it way easier because one we use a cloud service that allows us to just talk to each other that way and everyone can see things and i mean sure it costs money but i mean for the convenience that it provides it's way easier that way but yeah and it'll pay dividends in the future when we see like the impact that we can make on mm-hmm. communities especially in philly it'll just be like 
oh, it costs money back then, but look how much we've done, you know. So. Right. But yeah, you just brought up a good point. Like, so what are what are some of the things that you think BSOS should start to tackle as we start transitioning to? Because for again, for people who aren't aware, BSOS currently trying to get the 501c3 designation for a tax exemption, which would be a big help and a big step forward. But as we start to get there, like what are some of the things that you think BSOS should start doing? Um, just like, in, just ideas that I have. Yeah, just ideas. So I love listening to NPR. And mm-hmm. one of the things that they always have advertisements for are you know, community gatherings, especially mm-hmm. at the library. Oh, yeah. So I feel like trying to tackle the education system and coming in and saying, like, hey, this is this group, mm-hmm. let us talk to your students. I feel like an easier approach is to go straight to a community source like the library that everyone has access to and mm-hmm. everyone doesn't have to pay money for or feel pressured into it. Mm-hmm. Um, having some kind of community... Um, outreach program or just kind of like a like an outreach program for students and kids mm-hmm. to be able to come and understand what the science how broad and vast like the science yeah. industry is and how it doesn't matter you know what your hobby might be you might be a musician you might mm-hmm. be an artist those are all things that still tie into science and things like that so. right yeah I mean that's something I really hope we can tap to because one, uh, and that's part of why I started thinking of B-Side early on, was that if you were in all, it's all these different fields of science and all these other uh, things happening, but there wasn't a really a great place for everyone to get together. And I'm all about uh, interdisciplinary studies, being someone in two fields, and not seeing a lot of people doing two things, maybe it's like, like, I think we should do more than just right. one thing. Yeah. And there was that. And then also, I, and the, the part that's difficult, though, is that because there's such minor representation for, like, not just African-American scientists, but mm-hmm. um, Hispanic and Native American scientists, too, that it's hard to get, build that base to get people interested in all the time. And it's not because and it's weird because even... Though I was always interested in basketball at a young age, like there were other, you know, science class was the best class because we would do different experiments, like the the slime fluid. Remember, did you ever oh, do yeah. that? Like the non-Newtonian fluid, that was Absolutely. cool. Yeah, and stuff like that. And I remember one of my favorite classes, and I remember it now, but I didn't recognize it then. But like in eighth grade, we took a earth science class and that was the best science <laughs> class oh man so i didn't recognize <laughs> it <laughs> yeah exactly and it was on this day that he realized <laughs> exactly that's pretty much what happened <laughs> and if i would have recognized that faster i would have definitely started on that track faster but i think a lot one of the main reasons why it's hard for african-americans and other groups to get into the science is that no one really puts it out there unless you're already exposed to it unless someone in your family or like someone in like your immediate vicinity says it and like that you could do it in like a serious manner and like pushes you to go do it then it usually doesn't happen and you would think like schools would be a big part of that but I 
didn't like looking back now i don't think that was always the case like i feel like sometimes yeah and i mean that it just goes back to like you know there there has been in the news recently this whole brown versus board of education Mm -hmm. people are talking about it again Mm -hmm. and you know that was only 50 years ago right you know so there's still this whole institutionalized racism that no one likes to talk about Mm -hmm. and likes to approach or find a solution for because a lot of it like you're saying is like not being exposed to it is because you know marginalized groups Mm. are never given the opportunity to explore right things out of because i mean being in in academia and being in science and all of that it requires money Mm -hmm. and you know if you don't have it it's like then it's not an option yeah you know and that goes back to like marginalized people generally you can find a statistic anywhere that will show you that they don't have money so therefore the quality of life is lower they don't get to explore all these different avenues and they never even know that they exist yeah so and then some of the it's heartbreaking sometimes too because i know there comes up it's up again now but it's always kind of around that there's going to be cuts to educational programs um in neighborhoods they need the most to for whatever reason i mean but the point is that that usually contributes to the lack of exposure to the sciences and opportunities and things like that and it's also on i think the schools themselves to not just expose them, but to encourage students. And I don't, I don't think that was always the case either about student. And I mean, maybe that still ties back in what you said about like the fact that there's not a lot of African-American teachers either. Right. Um, right. I saw it recently on Facebook or something like that about like the challenge for like list the first grade you were introduced to an African-American teacher. <laughs> exactly yeah it's crazy actually i think it was my music teacher mm-hmm. and that was that was my only exposure right really up until like high school i'd say yeah i think i had a couple like i think i might have had one in kindergarten i had they were like sprinkled about yeah but, but they were like very few and yeah far between. Right. right and i don't think i i don't think any of them were ever my science teachers or anything like that right so yeah Right. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's just it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it is a lot to tackle. Um, one of the things that I hope we can do is that, like you were mentioning earlier, but if B side could be a resource, as well as outreach, but a resource and a free resource to mm-hmm. get people, no matter what age, to engage with the sciences. I think. we would be really successful because it's one thing because we can teach kids Mm -hmm. like if we put enough money into teaching kids we'll be able to teach kids how to do science and get them actively involved but i do think we also forget about like parents because if you're a kid in like middle school and you're like oh i'm really interested in math and science um but your parents don't know how to help you once you go home that can contribute to you just being like, oh, okay, well, this is way too hard. Especially if you got your mom or dad saying something like, oh, well, I don't know how to do that type of math or I can't really help you. 
that's such a so you know it's fine i was just saying that but you're about to say yeah no that's that's such a good uh, point you're making because i think especially for me as a chemist Mm -hmm. trying to explain to my mom what i do right can be really difficult (laughs) but the one thing that in my family and i'm sure plenty of people of color's families is the one way that we connect the best is through food Mm. and so a lot of the times when i'm explaining to her what i do i always kind of anecdotally tie it back to like Mm. but you know how we make this one dish Mm. it's the same kind of concept and seeing her kind of see that switch and Mm. understanding like oh yeah cooking and chemistry are one and the same right her interest level in it has grown Mm -hmm. and sometimes i just wonder if she had been given the opportunity to Mm -hmm. look into these things that she's now realizing she's kind of interested in right i wonder where she would be now Mm -hmm. you know or if her interests would have changed in some way yeah so that's a really great point about not discriminating age-wise for sure Mm. um yeah so one thing that we've kind of started is kalia um again our engineering officer she's working on a website for b-side I've looked up free textbooks and things like that that you can just like read online or even download as a PDF and just have. Um, and I think those are good ways. I know um, there's like two that I've seen. Like I think it's OpenStax and Open Library or something like that. And I forgot the source, but I think that's a good one because they do have like introductory college level textbooks for people who just want to read and it's free just you can either like i said download it to your phone read on internet if you but if you want the physical copy once you download the pdf you just go print it and then you have a your free textbook essentially all you would have to do is pay for the printing cost right and i even think that'd be good for colleges mm-hmm. to adapt because or adopt because if they did that then that's like a hundred less dollars you gotta pay on an introductory chemistry book because right. that's ex- those are expensive They're very expensive yeah yeah, yeah. Never, I don't think I've ever seen one below a hundred dollars. Yeah, anywhere. exactly. Yeah, and then it's, it, and I'm sure the information changes and things like that. But mm-hmm. like fundamental chemistry doesn't change that exactly. often, where you couldn't provide free textbooks. Right. So I think it'd be, I think that's a way better solution. You would, you'd address, like access, and then, the financial burden of having to buy textbooks for science classes. So and having it online is good environmentally. And it's so. yeah, it's good environment. <laughs> B side goes green. <laughs> we'll yeah. have to have like a green logo. <laughs> we should do a green logo. I work like, on that I don't tonight. Know when, like, there's like an environmental month or something. Oh man, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> That'd be funny. We'll figure that out definitely. Yeah. Earth Day. Earth Day. Earth yeah. Day. Okay. So good. obviously next year the B side logo will be green. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely going to happen <laughs> down for that, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think I think B-side would be good for that. Because I think also like something else that happens in academia too is that it is also a way to continue the process of like excluding people from entering and engaging with the sciences. Because I know a lot of people, and it's a hot button topic, you know, mm-hmm. as people talk about it, helping people engage. But the academic institution in itself is also a exclusive device because like it's a it's a wall and it's a, in a way because if you don't have the money or the degree you can't engage with things and i hope bsoc can figure out a way to do that too i'm not sure we'll have to keep researching that but i do have a story okay a, a personal like way that i 
was definitely kind of felt excluded from academia mm. um which has contributed a lot to my imposter syndrome but okay. that's a whole nother episode oh, you can talk about it though yeah um it's only if you're comfortable oh yeah yeah okay. absolutely yeah but um i had just there's one student who you know we were talking with a professor and she had mentioned you know her interest in like you know working for nasa and i was mm. like yeah that sounds really great and at that time they were really looking to uh hire new people and i was like you know that would be so great to work there i wish i could work there mm-hmm. <laughs> you know thinking like oh i don't i could i could never work in nasa right who am i um and then she decided to make the comment that oh because you're a black person you know mm. you'll have an easier time getting into it because they need to essentially meet a quota yeah exactly. and i am paraphrasing yeah. but that's how i heard it that's mm-hmm. how i took that um but it was just so interesting to see a student make that comment to me in front of a professor mm-hmm. and then that professor did and said nothing <laughs> that's sad and i for i guess a solid two years after that comment had in my mind like oh i'm just reaching quota anytime i kind of yeah make like a if I every anytime you show up anywhere you right. meet someone's quota. Oh, I got this job at a lab. I only got it because I'm reaching a quota. Right. You know that, and none of us true, right? Yeah. Like, no, it's, it's just, not. Jen is a really smart person, uh, you guys. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, then that just goes back to show like, it it might not necessarily be that exact same situation for someone, but that it feels implied. Sometimes. Yeah. Like especially being a black person or being the only black person in your class mm-hmm. you know like it, it it can be pretty daunting yeah it happens a lot honestly um there's definitely been moments where i've looked around and realized that i'm the only black person here and we've yeah, all it, had those moments yeah and it and it, you don't want it to sneak up into your head but you mm-hmm. kind of it happens and it is difficult to deal with sometimes it's always fun in history class when you get to the slavery mm. section <laughs> and everyone just kind of oh yeah it looks is this yeah. okay can we right. talk about this yeah like, mm-hmm. <laughs> please don't even look at me right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah those are dollar those are difficult moments um and then anthropology too is a weird one mm-hmm. because as an anthropologist it has been used in a lot of ways to like help proliferate the thoughts of racism and some of your earliest anthropologists were people focused on well why and i mean these weren't people of color no no exactly predominantly white predominantly white men Mm -hmm. predominantly like wealthy men who decided that they were not just going to become scientists but i and but focus on race. And I mean, on the one hand, like it's a legit curiosity to wonder why people are different from each other and why do people look different. But the implication that the looks are significant because they represent also differences in like intellectual ability is very racist. And mm-hmm. it becomes apparent that that's what that was without much question that it was just racist and i'm sure you know the field all fields have moved forward since then but it does have a weird way of coming back 
every, every now and again where mm-hmm. you'll read something and it might not be either blatant or intentional but it's still kind of there if you look beneath the surface a little bit more and it's sometimes not all, even on the researcher who's doing that study they maybe they don't recognize them themselves and right. i'm sure they have the best intentions a it's lot of times but exhausting, yeah it's, it? it's to, tiring seeing that happen it's trying to decide okay how do i correct this and why do i have to correct yeah. this mm-hmm. you know like that whole dichotomy it's crazy i wish mm. non-oppressed people could see how much it's a lot goes into just a, any everyday interaction mm. like there's a lot that goes through our heads yeah it's exhausting and that's also part of why i want people to engage with it more because i think a lot of people have aren't being taught about the things that are happening the ways in which people have tried to address how the things in the past are less likely to happen now but it's also difficult because like things still happen now where you're like that's definitely racist Mm -hmm. or that's definitely insensitive to Mm -hmm. someone and you're not and it's and it's it's going to show up in the data as something that's significant that you ignore or something like that and if we tell more people about the sciences they will be able to recognize themselves Mm -hmm. and if we talk more people of those oppressed communities about it then they would also be able to see that oh well you know we're here too, mm-hmm. we can make an impact, and we can help change things, but it is a lot, I mean, yeah. So going back to your uh, boxing gym, mm-hmm. how many would you say that usually like go there are into different things other than just boxing? All Especially like science and stuff like that, all of them, music yeah. and all that. A lot of them, yeah. Um, so there's a guy there now, or he was there, his name's Martin Dunton, he, I think he went to one of the science. created our. He were created our t-shirts, exactly. Right. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to Martin. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I'm actually going to, I'm going to just go ahead and plug his. Uh, <laughs> cool. He's uh, got some really great. He's got cool stuff for you guys. Yeah, you guys should check him out. Yeah, um, but on Mar- Instagram, that's Marty DJR Customs. Yep, that's him. So, check him out. <laughs> check out Martin. But yeah, uh. So I know he's interested in stuff. I think he went to one of like the science oriented high schools. I did too, but I think his was somewhere else. I can't remember the name of it right now, but he went there and he told me once that he was gonna be like an electrical engineer. It's like, oh man, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, he had things come up that prevented that from happening, but like man, like that's one guy. Um So these schools that you're talking about, these like science driven schools, mm-hmm. are these public schools? Um, I'm not sure. I know some of them are public. I think the one I went to was a charter school, mm-hmm. but I know there's uh, there are a couple in the city. But other people in the gym, like so, George Hanson, Hanson, um, or as we call him Chick, went to Harvard for law school. As a, wow. So and he's a <laughs> he's from Jamaica too. And it's just like wow. he shows up all the time. He's yeah. I mean so. He works for the city doing some big things. That's awesome. Sing, who's a boxer at the gym, he also has his own real estate company. Or he's trying to start one, I think. He's doing something in real estate. He, So he's always making moves. Like, like I said, Khalil, obviously, yeah. accounting, um, just doing he big things. He pops up on our B-side. Yeah. If you, all the time. Yeah, if you guys don't know Khalil, Khalil is the guy on Tuesday's post 
are comic book highlights, which might turn into fictional highlights soon. But yeah, Khalil is always on top of that, and Khalil also is, has a bunch of interest. Um, there's a bunch of people in that gym who have, like, Berto Garcia um, owns a restaurant on 9th Street, actually, where Rocky ran down. Wow. Where, like, he owns his own Mexican place. Wow. Um, shout out to him. There's a bunch of people in the gym who no, just... No, because y'all did, you know, mm-hmm. you're at this gym, did y'all have to do the Rocky I mean, so, training day? Come on. I know People want to know. I know <laughs> that some people have run from the gym to the art museum. I was not one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> Because, um, like, when I first started, like, one, so when I first started, I think that's when they did it. They did another one. that I, I, They did that one on a day that I wasn't there. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, I'll join you guys eventually. <laughs> but there was another one they, they did. They were like, oh, we're just going to run down to, um, damn it, uh, I forget the name of the park right now. How did I do that? <laughs> I don't know. But there's a park on... It's coming to ah, anyway. well, somewhere in it's, a, it's a park somewhere in Center City mm-hmm. that's not that far away. Honestly, it's not that far away. But I had just got there and I was not in shape. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna come with you guys. I'm gonna run with you guys. I we once we got to the park, I was like, I'm tired. <laughs> it wasn't not that. It took like a minute or two to get there. I was, I'm tired, and they're like, oh no, we're just gonna run around the park like a couple times and then go back to the gym. Tired, done did and then i was like all right well i'm done i'm gonna just run back to the gym now as i was running back to the gym they still passed me it was like i was like oh man like you guys are crazy out here it's wild so yeah i think martin was there that day too actually i don't like talking about that day that was embarrassing it was like oh man this is a lot so yeah but But i'm sure you got better yeah i mean yeah you do after after a long time but yeah it's a lot um but I know people have done the Rocky Run. And I think right. there's even like an annual thing now for people just throughout the city to go and kind of do the Rocky Run. So, mm-hmm. I mean, people do it a lot. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever did the Rocky steps, though. Because this is one of those things, like, you live in the city so much, like, and do you, you see, see people do it. You, uh, you see people do it all the time. You see a statue all the time. And you're like, uh, I'll do it one day. <laughs> After I get two PhDs, I'll go back and do the Rocky Run. And then wow. I'll put my two PhDs up. Like, oh, that's actually, that's pretty good. Yeah. That would make a good photo. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll do it that day, but um, not before, because that's a lot. <laughs> so. That is a lot. That's a, that's a lot of steps. Mm, that's a lot of steps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Don't blame you. So we're getting close here. Whoa. Yeah, how about nice. that? This is our first podcast, um, if you guys haven't noticed <laughs> um, We're going to keep trying to make it better. Like I said, um, we're going to... So what are some of our plans? That's a good question. For yeah. Let's preview some of the things we're oh, thinking about well, doing we for the podcast. We definitely highlighted a couple. Yeah, we have talked about a couple already. So we definitely want to cover something involving, you know, these historical, let's say, let's just call it what it is, eugenics. We yeah, have to we're, go we're going to do a eugenics episode so at some brace point. Brace yourself for that. Yeah. Um, and we definitely want to talk more about uh, different avenues of science that we don't traditionally it's not like oh this is science mm-hmm. but like of course like music mm-hmm. has so much science behind yep. it art mm-hmm. so much science behind that culture mm-hmm. you know it all comes and ties back 
Yeah, um, some of the other episodes we were thinking about doing, um, there was a conspiracy theory episode, which we also think is going to be pretty enlightening for people. That one's coming up really soon, so look out for that one. There's the space episode we're going to talk about. Space would be a lot of fun. Space is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, what else? Uh, we'll have some special guests. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll have special guests. Hopefully. We need to email them and we figure do. out what they're doing. We would like to have the other BSOP board members on here at one point. Um, we've mentioned Khalil for the uh, fictional highlights, but also we would like to have, I think there was talk of doing like a women's um, health one or Absolutely. like a women in science one. Yeah, I think it'd be really beneficial to have women discuss women's issues. Yeah, and, makes sense. Uh, so yeah, we'll definitely have an episode highlighting that and especially black women and who have to navigate the healthcare system mm-hmm. and the inequalities of especially pregnant women who mm-hmm. we see such a higher a much higher mortality rate amongst uh, black and marginalized women so that'll be really interesting and also enlightening i'm sure for a lot of people there will be times where we have to we might not post an episode as regularly as we would like to and also we would like to provide you all with a way to look up the information that we talk about. So this also requires us to do some background research before we come on to the podcast and discuss what we learn. Um, and that way, we also want to provide the source list that you guys will be able to look up at some point for our every episode. One that allows us to show our credibility and show that we're actually doing the research. But maybe most important is that everyone would be able to, if you're interested in a specific topic that week, you'll be able to research yourself by looking at that source list and come up with some new sources. And have a discussion. Yeah. Um, we have several uh, avenues on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got an Instagram. We have a Facebook page. We have a Twitter, too. By the time the podcast is up, we should also have a patreon that you guys could donate to so we'll provide those links in the description for the podcast but there's a lot of episodes jenna just put up the the list for all the episodes <laughs> that are coming up and it looks pretty impressive if we sit so ourselves yeah it took a lot of uh brainstorming mm-hmm. and, and discussion of i mean the whole history of things that we yeah just are involved with right it's a lot of things and this is only the beginning so which episode of this list are you looking forward to the most i would have to say i'm looking i'm definitely looking forward to talking with khalil because i feel Mm -hmm. like that would be really really fun yeah that's gonna be a good one uh but i think the one i'm i'm super 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 excited about probably is the eugenics one eugenics one will be interesting really powerful Mm mm-hmm um and you know it should be startling and and it should really invoke some discussion out of people because um it's just one of those things in history that uh we should definitely yeah we should all understand how over yeah so which one are you looking forward to? Uh, which one am I looking for? That's a good question. Well, besides all of them. Besides all of them, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of good ones, honestly. Like, it's really hard 
decide. The Afrofuturism one will be really interesting to see what people say about that one. Absolutely. And just the research we're going to have to do for that will be really interesting. Because yeah. obviously, you know, Black Panther, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of Wakanda other. Forever. Exactly. But there's a lot of other, like, Afrofuturism stuff. TM, TM. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's one that's gonna be exciting. Um, I do find uh, so we have an episode titled "Black Bodies and Physics," which on our part, like that's just good. That's just good naming. Like that's that's, that's solid. Great. That's because I mean, if yeah. you're not familiar with it, just to get yourself ready, just type up "black bodies," and it is a physics term. Mm -hmm. But then think about it. You know, it's like black bodies. In, in physics. physics that's it's crazy like, come on, come whoa on. that's that's a lot we, we're trying to give you guys gold out yeah. here <laughs> so i'm really interested in it. black people in space is also i feel like going to be a great episode because we don't think about it a lot and we'll definitely get into it there but a lot of the ways we talk about how we're going to colonize other planets is kind of reminiscent about the ways people have talked about colonizing other things and to see so us getting into that more and doing the research behind that i think will be really interesting to bring yeah so i think before we sign off uh just want to plug our social media accounts mm -hmm. it is the b-sci that's t-h-e-b-s-c-i on instagram mm -hmm. and on facebook right instagram and facebook and i think twitter on too twitter. Yeah. on twitter so yeah well i think that's it for this week guys I think, yeah i think we did pretty good uh, but you know also just give us some feedback. Yeah, Tell please us give us think. feedback. That's how we stay credible. If you guys give us feedback, that keeps us accountable and we keep giving you the best that we can do. So Exactly. So again, this is the B Scientist Podcast. I'm presented by B Side and we hope you be scientists. So we'll catch you guys next week. B Scientist is a podcast produced by the Black Science Coalition Institute or B Side host and producers are Jenna Carpenter and Jordan Chapman. Special thanks to Michael Mike Castor Marshall the Plaza Epi Studios. Intro and outro beat produced by Delarillo. If you would like to donate to B-Side, visit us on bside.org or donate to our PayPal at paypal.me backslash the B-Side. Thanks for listening to B-Scientist.